in today's episode, I'm joined by Jay Kirshner again, and we have an open and honest conversation about momming, the unseen stress moms deal with in their day-to-day lives. We are not parenting experts. We're just simply talking about what has worked for us and having an honest and candid conversation about how sometimes it's really stressful. I mentioned some books I recently have read on parenting that I really, really liked and enjoyed and I recommend. Raising Good Humans by Hunter Clark Fields. Dying to Be a Good Mom by Heather Chauvin. And she's actually been on my podcast before. And How to Stop Losing Your Shit with Your Kids by Carla Neumenberg. Um, I hope I'm spelling or spelling. I hope I'm saying her last name right. And this is just us kind of talking about this. Usually we do like a pop culture kind of thing and more fun, but um, just doing it a little different this time. And I have a lot of brain fog going on and you will hear it in parts of this. I tried to edit some of it, some of it I couldn't edit out and some of it I just wanted to leave in so you can honestly see brain fog, mom brain, whatever you want to call it, um, is real. So enjoy this episode. I almost forgot to hit record and my guest today, Jay Kirshner, and I started having such a good conversation and then I was like, oh my gosh, I have to hit record. <laughs> but um, <laughs> thanks for joining again, Jay. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to have you on and I love catching up and seeing you and Mac. Um, yeah, he always gets so excited when he sees that Nikki on the screen. <laughs> And then I have to remember that I have my AirPods in and he can't actually hear you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So for the listeners, we actually started. Oh, no. <laughs> so for the yeah, listeners, he's... we. oh, sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say he's going through a sleep regression. So this is like he's asleep or he's awake and cranky. Yeah, I think that's that's how everyone is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Jay and I started to record this yesterday and, um, my kids were off of school because of a cold day. So in Ohio, we have cold days when it's like negative outside and it's too cold to go to school. But but wait a second. I have to interrupt for a second because did we have cold days when we were little? I feel like we didn't. No, we did. I remember. I remember like we were out like a week. And when I was in high school, because we went to Disney for like president's day, President's mm-hmm. weekend, we went to Disney and we came back Monday and we we're all like, oh, I want to stay longer. And then we didn't have school like Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday because of cold days. Oh my gosh. See, I don't remember this. I just remember having to go to school all the time, sitting and watching the little scroller thing on the news, saying all the, the school closings and ours was, our town was never listed because we always we had, had all of the salt. <laughs> so we, we had never the had equipment s- to take care of it. Yeah. We never had snow days. But we had cold days. I remember I remember high school. I don't remember like younger than high school, but I remember high school and I remember uh, you were probably too young. That's probably why. So I don't know if you were in high school, you had them. But I also remember one time in college, we were home still for Christmas. Like, uh, so my friends and I, a few went to college, the same college. Anyways, um, so we were home still from college and, you know, the city schools, like, K through 12 was back in school. It's for some reason we were at home and it was a Sunday. 
and we were watching and Avon Lake was off and we were like oh they got off we would have been so excited whatever okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah so we did but yeah um so anyways we were recording yesterday and you know everyone plus the dogs came in (laughs) and (laughs) it made it really impossible but it's funny and ironic because this is what this episode is about is about kids and family and uh and how much parenting but also can we acknowledge that it's hard and sometimes we get really crispy and cranky (laughs) yeah well yeah that's what I feel like even before the pandemic so even two you know so we've been in this two years even before that I feel like it's just um we live in a society now or like a time that everyone is busy everyone is stressed everyone is overwhelmed no matter if you work um stay at home mom um it's so much more heightened and then we see social media and we see social media everyone saying like posting the positive things I mean there are things to follow and they're open and they're honest and I like that and I appreciate that but you know it's always like we're doing this we're going on vacation it's always like a highlight reel yeah that's it's a highlight reel so then you're like why am I sitting here you know struggling tired like you know (laughs) yeah no exactly but also our society is also a society of instant gratification so we want things when we want them because everything is so easily accessible in our finger to our fingertips but the problem is with the instant gratification, a lot of people want that in regards to other people's time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, I need you to do this. Well, I need you to do this now. Like, yeah. <laughs> especially when it comes to kids who it's now or bust kind of mentality anyway. And it's not their fault. I mean, Mac, my son is one and a half and he can't control it. And I try, you know, even though if I get frustrated because I'm sleep deprived, I still try not to give yeah. that to him because that's not his fault. Like, I'm the adult. He's still learning to regulate his emotions. Heck, I'm still learning to regulate emotions. But like, (laughs) how is he? Yeah, why am I going to fault him for being his age and not knowing how to do this stuff? Yeah. Like trying to keep my calm and walk him through everything. Oh, and speaking of, I'm walking right now. And for whatever reason, three and a half decades, almost four decades in life, I still haven't learned how to walk, talk, and breathe all at the same time. that's apparently something that doesn't come natural (laughs) but like I follow Instagram accounts for different parenting Instagram accounts conscious mommy is one of my favorites and it will give tips like when this is happening with your kid it probably means like if they're acting this way or doing this thing it means like one of these five things figure out which one it is and then move forward from there and instead of saying this try saying this well, but then what? <laughs> because that's not I know. the real life scenarios. Right. So I read, I've gone down like a rabbit hole of parenting books, reading and listening on Audible. And they're so good. And it's like a week goes by and I'm practicing it really well. And then it go, all goes out the window when I get really overwhelmed. And this is my profession, you know, part, well, besides the radio business. But my other profession is, you know, yoga holistic health coach and I teach meditation and Mm -hmm. I struggle with practicing what I preach too. And I know for the, for me, I do not have boundaries at all. I try to set them and then I give in and I give everyone everything. I do everything and then I'm fine all day long. And then 
by 8 p.m., I'm done and I get set off and I react because I held it in all day. So if yes. I can just stop holding it in all day, I won't explode. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. It's gotten bad like the past two years because even before that, though, you know, there's a lot on, I feel like there's a lot on one parent. I'm not just going to say just moms because there are like stay at home dads and then there are single parents and single dads too. But for the most part, it's the moms or one parent that does more. And then there's a parent that the kids are closer to and the parent that the kids are closer to, they take it out on the the most. So if Mm -hmm. you are like me, I'm a sensitive and emotional person. And I take, I, it affects me. I, I let it affect me and I'm the adult and I'm trying to remember mm-hmm. and remind myself they're kids, they're tired, they're crabby, they're cranky, you know, whatever they're letting it. Yeah. They're not out doing on this me. to they fight it. you. Yeah. They held it together all day at school. Um, but kids push buttons and they know, they know like, how to push our buttons to get a reaction to, I think, you know, like one parenting book, it says like kids, kids push buttons when they're overwhelmed, they're tired, they're hungry, they're triggered. Um, Mm -hmm. Kids don't want to be disruptive. They don't want to be disruptive. They need help and they know they need to know how to regulate their emotions. So just like we get our buttons pushed, so do they, and they model after us. So like if we lose it, you know, when we hold it in all day and then we lose it, they're modeling after us. And I know Mm -hmm. that. And, um, I'm trying to change that pattern and behavior. And this is a quote from one. So the books that I've read, okay. I read, um, where are the books I read? (laughs) Raising Good (laughs) Humans by Hunter Clark Fields. That was really good. I like and that. then no, don't bark dogs. Good. Hey, good Sorry, job. an ambulance. An ambulance yeah. by. <laughs> good so Raising Good Humans is one book. The other book, Dying to Be a Good Mom by Heather Chauvin. I actually had her on my podcast. Um, so listeners go back. Um, I think it was in the spring, like March or April. I had her on, on my podcast. And uh, that was a really, really good book. Um, she actually had cancer. And she realized she wasn't practicing self-care. She wasn't working on herself. She was giving, giving, giving. And so she literally, you know, was dying and how she had to change everything. And even she admits that during the pandemic, she even changed doing things. Um, so, and she talks about, um, and I implemented this after I read it and then I stopped doing it. I need to go back on it. Everyone has their red, yellow, and green lights. If our kids are in the red zone, don't engage with them. Don't try to talk them down. Don't keep going and arguing. And I do this because I have control issues and anxiety and OCD. So I need to fix it right then and there. Like let's mm-hmm. fix it. And kids. But that was also part of our upbringing too. Like when you and I would fight, it was like, no, you have to apologize and say sorry and fix it immediately. Like mm-hmm. you don't know if somebody's going to leave the house and they, God forbid something that horrendous happens and they don't make it back home. So like, yeah. I remember every fight you and I ever had growing up, we didn't really fight that much. And when we did, it was because I took your clothes without asking, but like <laughs> our biggest fight always had to be squashed immediately. We got our frustrations out. And then it was like, didn't matter if we were so mad at each other. 
we felt bad for fighting. Yeah. So it's like you take we take that into adulthood. I know. Yeah. So this is saying like if you know be like I'm in a kid says I'm in my red zone. You leave them alone, and then you go back, and even if they're being punished or you're giving a consequence you go back again and they could be in a green zone but automatically they skip the yellow zone and they go right back to the red zone you disengage again you leave and you keep trying until you could do it so I don't have the patience for that (laughs) so I'm trying to work (laughs) on that you know because then we're all in the red zone and that's when it starts fighting yelling and that so that's one book I read so I've already finished raising good humans dying to be a good mom and then um I just started um what did I just start hang on and oh um how to stop losing your shit with your kids <laughs> by, I um, like it <laughs> Carla Neumerberg I hope I'm pronouncing her last name right um, but yeah, so this is a practical guide to becoming a calmer, happier parent. And in a quote in the book, she says, self-care or shit you have to do not to lose your shit. She says that like over and over in the book. <laughs> so oh I just I like started that. that. I'm actually listening to that on Audible. And then um, another book I want to is um, Parenting Without Power Struggles by Susan Stifelman. So yeah, just, you know, like I said, I have to create better boundaries and stick to consequences and not hold it in. You know, I say it and they know I'm like, if you don't do this, I'm going to take your phone away for a week. And they're like, yeah, I know mom's not going to do that. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I've seen it, like you've shown so much patience when we're at um, the grandparents' house and you, you call the head like, okay, I'm going to be there in five minutes try to be ready to leave or finish up whatever you're doing and you get there and you you know you wait another 10 minutes and you don't raise your temp your tone you don't have a temper it's just like okay can we start wrapping it up and I swear it's like 90 minutes later and it's like you guys seriously and then and then you know everybody starts yelling and it's like the the last time I actually wanted to yell at them because I was like you guys do you realize how patient your mom has been with you (laughs) get your stuff and go home (laughs) yeah just listen to her like good grief and then the other thing if it's a two-parent household a lot of the times spouses aren't on the same page with parenting are you and Ryan on the same page how you parent you, yeah, we think you we might are be, until something happens. You might want to be, but you're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we think we are until something happens. And then we go about it completely different. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, we definitely figured out who the more disciplinarian parent is. I'm the one who's with Max most of the day, but Ryan works from home, so he helps out a lot. And he, he takes a good amount of breaks, so he, he does have a lot of time with Max as well. But if Max's doing something and I tell him not to do it, a lot of times he'll listen to me. And I'll say, I'm like, you know, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. That's not safe. Or we sit on our butt because right now he jumps and climbs everything. Like his favorite thing mm-hmm. is to climb up on to his rocking chair in his bedroom, stand on it, kind of surf, <laughs> and then start crawling onto the, the handle or the armrest and then onto the nightstand table and try to get into the, onto the um, windowsill. And it's like, and he does this in a matter of like five seconds, you know? And one day I kept saying like, you need to get down, you need to get down. And we were right outside Ryan's office. And I called in for him. 
which is another issue because I keep saying Ryan instead of daddy. I don't know why I have such a hard time. Like even with our parents, I kept saying mom and dad and then Max started calling yeah. me mom and dad. Yeah. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I called for Ryan and immediately Mac like kind of jumped a little bit and then like got down really fast. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So when mama speaks, it's like, yeah, let's pick and choose, which I know he's not actually doing that. No, when daddy speaks, daddy means business. Yeah. I think that's how it is in like most, most two um, man and woman household, mom and dad household. It's the dad's the disciplinary or, you know, like in the olden, not olden days, but <laughs> when dad gets home, Olden days aren't that I'm far away. <laughs> I know, but we never had that. Mom never was like when dad gets home and you know what, like growing up, because like, I think in the eighties and nineties, people got spanked. We yeah. didn't. So like our parents were ahead of their times for not mm-hmm. spanking us. Like we didn't get spanked. We got like sent to our room or our phone taken away, our phone, our landline phone taken away. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> and usually when we got punished, like we deserved it. It was one of those yeah. things like, oh crap, we made mom yell. We actually like we got we did something wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Max right now is so he is 19 months, um, to, you know, mm-hmm. to almost be exact. And he started this phase of working through his emotions and frustrations where when he gets overwhelmed or really frustrated about something or a toy won't do what he's trying to make it do, or he got his finger pinched or something, he does one of two things. He either smacks his mouth into something. Like I know a lot of kids will hit their head on the floor in a wall. He yeah. smacks his mouth on things or he gets destructive and he throws his toys like he'll you know fling his arms and everything and it's like I I I don't yell at him when he's doing that because I understand he is feeling a lot of big feelings and he doesn't know what to do with them yeah so I I get down with him and I'm like okay we don't do this I know you're feeling stronger I I know whatever it was that happened if I saw it happen and I know what's frustrating him I try to identify it give it a name try to do some snuggles let him know it's not okay to hurt our toys physically put my hand in front of his face so he can't smash his mouth on things and it, it really doesn't work <laughs> it doesn't work until yeah. he's ready to calm down like none of it happens we were one of the times we were in Ohio and I was at um, his other grandparents house my husband's parents house and Mac was getting fresher with the choo-choo train and started throwing everything and I was doing the whole you know what I just said I typically do with him and he was just he was all out of sorts he didn't get a nap he was hungry. Um, yeah. he, he didn't really eat much at lunch because he didn't want was well, he didn't want what he didn't want what was for lunch. And so he's just all out of sorts, and he's playing with different toys that weren't his toys, and and again, just all out of sorts. And so I pick him up, and I take him to another room, and I'm talking with him, I calm him down, and everything's fine. He starts playing again. Well, about an hour later, rinse and repeat, starts throwing things. And I was a little embarrassed because this is happening in front of my in-laws. And I don't want to seem like, I think everybody as a parent feels judged, whether they're being judged or not. We feel like we get, I feel like I get hot. I feel like everyone's staring, you know, like, oh my God. And yeah. And it's like, and even if you're not being judged, you still feel like you're being judged. And so I was a little embarrassed in the situation, but I wasn't going to. Um, Yes. Anyway, like, I know I wasn't, I probably wasn't being judged. But I still felt like it. And it was like, I was doing my things to calm him down, but he still did that. And that was actually the first time he ever had the tantrums of throwing things. 
and kind of being destructive. And it's just one of those things like, again, I understand some of these parenting tips and I feel like they're helpful for older kids, but like, what do you do when the kid is one and a half years old and they understand what you're saying, but they don't understand the rationalization of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard. I don't think, feel like it's like talked about enough. Um, but I'm really proud of you when you were saying, like what you were saying, I was getting like emotional. I was like, oh, Aww. you're such a good mom. <laughs> just, I don't, okay. I don't like the whole title and the poor light that comes around gentle parenting. Um, cause especially when you like look at some of the stuff, it's like the kid just runs rampant. Like I, yeah. I not that we have, we have rules. We do have rules and boundaries in this house, but also I want to raise like a good human. <laughs> you know, that's right. one of your books that you were talking yeah. about. I, I want to, and both Brian and I, my husband, we, we want to give Mac the tools to go into his adulthood life and have what he needs. We don't want him to be an adult and trying to figure it out or unlearn certain things. Yeah. You know, we, we just, I know. we want him. Yeah. We want him. We're, it's like, we keep thinking about the long game, not just now. We don't, we're not just going to yell at him and we're not looking for a compliant, obedient child who will just do what we say and never learn to think for themselves until they're out in the real world by themselves. Mm-hmm. Like we want him. I feel like with gentle parenting, it more focuses on a parent child partnership. And I don't agree with that. I do think that the parents should be the authority figure. Um, yeah. It doesn't mean you can't be friends, but there should still be the authority figure. But again, it's like, I'm not going to yell at him for being his age or for having emotions he can't handle when I have that every now and then. Like I snap at my husband for absolutely no reason and go off on him probably like once or twice a month. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's usually <laughs> a Friday and it was ignited by what's for dinner. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's the end of the week. We're both tired. We're both hungry. And now we uh-huh. have to figure out dinner and it's like all heck just broke loose. <laughs> yeah. But then, yeah, because that brings me back to what I said. I have like built up anger and frustration because I let so much things go that one thing like sets me off and then I like react and yell and it's gotten Mm -hmm. worse like the past two years and I'm not justifying or making excuse because of the pandemic and stuff. Um, But I think like everyone the past two years is just very, we're, you know, we're overwhelmed and we're tired and we're frustrated. Yes. Yeah. 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 And especially and, um, kids. Like, okay, I'm not talking about the pandemic babies. But Mac doesn't know what he's missing. He's he's kind of been sheltered. We need to get him socialized. But I'm thinking of the kids who, like your girl's age, uh, even a little older, a little younger, kids who had opportunities to see their friends every day, had regularity and routine in their life, and all of a sudden everything got shut down. Everybody was sent home. Yeah essentially everybody got grounded (laughs) and was like, no, you have to stay home until a certain period of time. And they're not used to that. Kids need, I know a lot of adults need it too. Not all adults, extroverts versus introverts. That's a whole other conversation, but kids need that. They need time with their friends. My kids, so schooling. So when did the first, when did everything gets shut shut down because Ava where oh I don't want to say where I live on this well remember when we got shut down because Nashville had a pretty significant tornado the night of March 3rd to March 4th 
And then mm. the following week, the radio station I was working for at the time, we were doing a, a supply drive for victims of the tornado. And that was on a Thursday. No, 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 this was the Friday. This was the following Friday. So I think it was like March 13th, maybe. But yeah. yeah. And then the very next Monday was when the world shut down. That's crazy. So our city, uh, our school district, you know, it shut down that March, whatever, March to August. Was it 2020? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you got a choice last year if you went in person or virtual. So it was your choice. So my kids went in person and then this year's back to normal. Well, it's not back to normal. They have to wear face masks until they're dropping the face mask. Oh, today's the last day. So Monday, it's your choice if you wear a face mask or not. Um, So it was only a few months for my kids and it was hard to get the youngest to do the schoolwork. Um, But I'll say right now. So in third grade and fourth grade her she had teachers that didn't believe in homework so she didn't have homework and this year she has a lot and she's in the plus classes they're like the advanced classes I guess at her age level um so she has a lot so it is a huge difference and it's a struggle at night because she's in school all day long and then she comes home and has all this homework and it's a struggle and I get frustrated because, you know, I have to sit with her so she doesn't get distracted. And then she's in cheer, competition cheer. And that's like an hour and a half at Mm -hmm. night and then tumbling. And, you know, some nights she doesn't get home until 8 p.m. And after school, she doesn't want to do it right away. So she doesn't want to do it right away. And then she goes to cheer at 530, doesn't get home till eight. We're all tired. Um, So that's a huge struggle we have. And then she wants As an adult, just going through the, the day that she has. I don't think I would even be able to think to do anything by the time they, I got the home. Kids like, get how do you so much homework. the kids like, get homework? I don't remember getting this much homework. And I was- Well, in- you didn't go to the school that she's at. I went to the school she's at. Oh, did you, and- you get a lot of homework there? Yes. Yes. Mom used to always make the joke of like, because our teacher was in graduate school at the same time. And she was like, is your teacher giving you, you guys some of her homework to take home? Because what is this? Like, what? I have like- never, elementary school didn't have that much homework. Middle school, yeah. high school didn't have that much homework. That- that intermediate school, I don't know what it is, but I remember that was so much homework every day. Yeah. Well, I was, I tell eldest too, cause I was in the middle school and she has a lot. She doesn't have that much this year. She did last year, but not in eighth grade. She doesn't, I mean, she does cause it's her and she studies way too much that she needs to. Mm-hmm. And she's like a perfectionist and it worries me. That's a whole nother story. She's a typical it. oldest child <laughs> birth order. I definitely believe in birth order and she, yeah. Your two yeah. girls are the definition of oldest child you and, and youngest child. Yeah, basic. Yeah, your, your <laughs> oldest is you and your youngest Well, that's is what me. I was saying. Because I'm like, she's on, because I remember like freshman year of college, like burning out and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm like, she's on the path that it's going to happen when she's a freshman or sophomore in high school and might happen, you know, at 19 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, so that's a different topic. What was I talking about? <laughs> so much homework and being birthed oh, yeah. at night. And and because I t- I'm like in high school, I don't, you know, I had so many study halls. I think I had a lot because I could have graduated. I had enough credits to graduate my junior year. I just chose not to, but, um, it's, it was different, like in high school. And I don't know if they've well, changed it and kids have more homework now in high school, but when I was in high school, you know, everyone's like, I'm preparing you for high school. I'm 
preparing you for this. But when you're in high school, it's like, eh, you know, teachers are like fun and your friends and stuff. I don't know. Yes. We well, yeah, had the teachers because half of them, they just wanted to coach the athletics teams, but they had to be a teacher in order to be a coach. So we had teachers. I think there were a couple of teachers that we, we had, like we both had. And some of them were like, all right, here's your homework at the top of the class. Cause they are like, I mean, I want, here's today's homework. Um, go ahead and get started because I need to grade your homework from yesterday or from the last time we had class or whatever. Cause they're like, I don't want to do stuff when I get home the rest of the day. Why am I going to make you guys do stuff? I saw we had a that- teacher who used to give us all the answers on tests. What? You had a teacher that gave you all the answers on tests? Yeah, we used to have a teacher that would actually give us the answers to the tests. Oh, I didn't have that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What was I going to say? Oh, something just popped in my head and then I forgot. I hate that. Whatever. I don't know. How they were trying to get you for high school and then high school wasn't like that or um, burnout by 19. Yeah, it wasn't any of that. I don't know. <laughs> but um, but another thing, like rewinding a little bit back to like um, parenting and stuff, I was reading this article and it says like in our general now, like yelling is the same as spanking, but more people are yelling now because today we are overstressed because we're multitasking and we're overachieving adults. And that's what parenting Mm -hmm. experts say. And that's why we yell. And um, we're a generation of like anxiety. Oh, this is what I think. No, it wasn't about anxiety. (laughs) We're overwhelmed. (laughs) We're overwhelmed and we're anxious. So we get triggered and um, we yell. And this is my thing. So I have a thing with I'm punctual. I'm extremely punctual. And I know it's an anxiety thing. So if we're running late, um, it's one of my things. And I start like, come on, let's go, let's go. And I know it stresses the kids out more and I can't stop it. And I'm stressing them (laughs) out, you know? Um, and, oh, I have an excerpt here. So this was led by a researcher at Duke's university center for child and family policy. And the study concluded, um, that it is the same. So like spanking a child, they know now, you know, um, grows up to have aggressive behavior when they grow older. So that's why mm-hmm. our generation, I guess, I can't speak for everyone because I'm sure people still spank. Um, mo- most now that have, that are our age that have kids, we don't spank, but we are, we yell and that they're seeing still has the same like it affects them the same, not, I don't know, but it, it had, it's a common habit of screaming mm-hmm. and shouting. Well, I hope I don't scream, but screaming and shouting and you know, that still has um, effects on them. So experts suggest figuring out ways to prevent situations that you're prone to yell. So, I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> but it makes sense it because out. you think about it, like you, you think about it with, um, like a, a sibling hits the, like hits their other sibling and then the parent comes up and hits the kid and it's like don't hit your sibling well you're not teaching the kid not to hit you're just teaching them that they can't hit their sibling like or that they're yeah. not allowed to be the one to hit you're not teaching them not yeah. hitting mm-hmm. I, I snapped at Daisy the other day like she it wasn't even her fault it was just again Max going for sleep regression so when he actually wakes up or if something wakes him up 
He has a hard time falling back asleep. I'm like, we're talking like six hours in the middle of the night awake. Well, Daisy's Daisy's a beagle. She's a beagle Jack Russell. She has floppy ears. Sometimes she shakes her head and wiggles her ears and it wakes him up. And it was like one other day, she wasn't even doing something. She's jumped off the couch while we were taking a nap and she was walking to get water and her nails are a little long and because we need to get them cut. And so she made enough noise and it will come up and I screamed at her and it's like, and then I apologize because I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm just burnt out. I'm overwhelmed. I didn't mean to yell at you. Yeah. You didn't actually do anything wrong. Like you, she was just getting up to get some water, you know? Oh, no, inside voice, please, dear. Uh, but yeah, it's like one of those things of like, just being like, I, I, I don't consider myself, excuse me, girlfriend. I don't consider myself a reactive person, but I can be very reactive. Yeah. <laughs> like, especially if I'm like overly tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that so I don't know what just this it has nothing to it it has to do with parenting. But um so Brittany and Jamie Lynn, you know, letting all their dirty laundry out on social media. Um mm-hmm. and I just want to say, like, I feel badly for both of them now. You know, they're both hurting and you could see that. So it just and I feel I kind of feel bad. <laughs> I don't know what they've both been through, but it seems like more people and are siding with Brittany and attacking yeah. Jamie Lynn. I mean, I know they're both public figures and they're putting their stuff out there to be judged. And, but um, it just goes to show you like, well, I don't know what it goes to show you, but. <laughs> that everybody's dealing with stuff. Yeah, everyone's dealing with things and they're both parents too and yeah yeah and everybody gets like but with Jamie Lynn how her book's coming out and she she has a story to tell and she deserves to be able to tell her story I watched her interviews on what was it Nightline and Good Morning America or Today Show or whatever it was on a few weeks ago and the first segment was all about Britney and it was like just stop it doesn't matter yeah. how, like tell your other stories and all of the other segments the rest of the segments on whatever morning show she was on and then the the um, nightline they were great stories like she I felt awful for her because she's been through so much like she had the same parents that Brittany had she had the same older brother that Brittany had um she had a horrendous accident with her daughter almost oh, lost her daughter yeah. yeah and she she also had a teenage pregnancy that almost cost her her career wrongfully so like it, mm-hmm. she should have had, had to go through all of that and she should deserve to speak on that I think her issue is and why it looks so bad to the public especially Brittany supporters after you know, Brittany has just been through everything that she's been through is that she was telling stories that also included Brittany and it looked like well now you're just trying to sell your book even though you keep saying you're not trying to sell your book you just want to get your stories out there it's yeah. like not everything you know if, if you want to get that stuff out there, save it for a different time. Like mm-hmm. now is not the time because your actual stories that matter, that could help people feel less alone. Like she talked about OCD and anxiety. Like, again, that matters and it gets lost because now you're commenting on being held in a closet by Brittany with a knife when you were younger. Like that could have happened. Yeah. Maybe it didn't happen. Either which way, now that's the only thing everybody's talking about instead uh-huh. of the point. <laughs> I know um what you just said like how her teen pregnancy or you know almost cost her her career isn't that crazy that immediately of her Nickelodeon show yeah I know and it's too it's double-sided 
a male teen would not have, it wouldn't even, whatever. How many teen males and sports figures that were teens have babies and nothing happened mm-hmm. to them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not condoning, oh, I'm not cool. condoning, I, you know. Just not, pointing out the double standard. I'm yeah. T- yeah, I'm pointing out the double standard. <laughs> yeah, where she's on a Nickelodeon show, gets pregnant as a teenager, and immediately her show is canceled. She's done. You know, yeah. people at the time were saying she's never going to work again. Where you had what, like a couple channels down the dial at MTV, where they're glorifying teenage pregnancy with sixteen and pregnant. Oh yeah, so that I was too. I was older that I never watched that. I didn't either. I just know about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I've never. I've there's a couple of reality shows I got into at like different periods of time, but I've never really been a big reality TV fan. Give me. Give me scripts. Give me mm-hmm. scripts. I content. like the simple life. I don't think the simple life was really reality. Oh, now. that it was funny. They said, yeah, yeah, they said they were play- playing characters. So. Yeah. And you could kind of tell at times. Like, yeah. Because Paris Hilton is actually like crazy smart when you see yeah. her in all of her other interviews. But, um, oh, what's the one that is the Foster Sisters? Um, Barely Famous. Barely Aaron Famous. Foster and Sarah Foster. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's clearly scripted or improv but it's not a real reality it's fake reality mm-hmm. but it is oh my gosh why can't they give us more of those but what's so funny I know I never show. watched that oh, I, lo- go I back and stream it on something I listen to their podcast but yeah I never watched their show and I follow them on Instagram mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. <laughs> that we derailed <laughs> my bad what'd you say Sorry, what'd you we say? Derailed. We derailed. My yeah. <laughs> now we're focusing on reality television. <laughs> but yeah, no, parenting, like, and that's one of the things that um, when I first had Mac and I was going through that newborn stage, well, we were going through that newborn stage, Ryan and I, but people kept asking, how are you? And I always had the same statement of like, dude, this is hard. It sucks. And I'm also so in love. Like, <laughs> and yeah. a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. thank you for being so honest. Because yeah. so many people are like, oh, the baby's great. Everything's great. And it's like, no, this is awful. I'm sleep deprived. Things are happening with my body that nobody warned me about. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I admit, I really didn't read many books <laughs> and we didn't do any classes. Yeah. So I knew some of this stuff. I didn't know what extent. And mm-hmm. I thought that when you got a C-section, certain things in the postpartum didn't happen. I was wrong. <laughs> I was oh, so I didn't wrong. get a C-section. So. Yeah, like the thing with um, firstborn. So with L, I um, okay. Well, I'm just gonna say I had two pretty. I had really easy pregnancies. I mean, I did get morning sickness, but I had pretty very easy pregnancies and very easy healing and postpartum. Um, with L, though, I we didn't know like the sleep thing, <laughs> like at, at mm-hmm. night how often they would be up. And yeah, like every two hours. Yeah. That every two and months she, there's a sleep regression. Mm-hmm. And then, so we, I was, we were used to it and we accepted it and it was what it was until we had Avery and she was so easy sleeping and didn't cry that much. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we look back and we're like, oh, was Al colicky? Like, you know, we didn't yeah, know right? though. It was just like, <laughs> she's a baby. She's a newborn. This is what they do. We had, yeah. I adjusted, we adjusted and, you know, found ways to handle it. But then when Avery was like, Avery just smiled all the time and just was easy as content and how 
funny how they flipped when they turned two. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Mac wasn't he didn't cry all the time. He he definitely woke up a lot. But he didn't cry all the time. But when he did, and you know, sometimes I was always trying to figure out, okay, why are you crying? And also he hated wet diapers. The second he peed, he wanted that diaper off of him. Like he hated wet diapers. We never had to deal with diaper rash because of it, I think. Now yeah. he's having his diaper changed. And it's like <laughs> feel like we are always fighting against diaper rash like there'll be a tiny bit of red and then it's like all systems go it has it's never gotten bad but it's just like yeah totally flipping where he needed his diaper changed immediately to now he hates having his diaper changed and also but like with newborns think about it they were in this space that was created perfectly for them they never had to experience hunger or exhaustion or being thirsty or being too cold or being too warm or any of that. And all of a sudden they're in this world where it's like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. Why did you take me out of my coziness? And I had a yeah. really tough pregnancy. I, unfortunately for the pandemic, my work sent me home to work from home for a while um, from yeah. pretty much like end of March until beginning of June. I worked from home and then he, I went in for a couple of weeks and then he was born and I went on maternity leave. But like, so fortunately I was home. But it was awful. I went straight from first trimester to third trimester. I never had the second trimester, boost of energy, feeling good, all of that stuff. Like mm -hmm. it just went from extreme morning sickness and discomfort to extreme discomfort and learning why pregnant women waddle when I was like <laughs> 10 weeks pregnant, 12 weeks pregnant, like just going into the second trimester. But also I had um gestational preeclampsia as a geri geriatric pregnant woman you know we didn't want it to go into full-blown um you were uh, yeah you were geriatric uh, oh yeah yeah okay, yeah geriatric pregnant yeah because it's um 35 and up and um oh. did I say high blood pressure or preeclampsia I didn't have preeclampsia I had high blood pressure and okay. they, we don't want it to go into preeclampsia and then towards the end the amniotic fluid was going down like it was just kind of disappearing. And yeah. so it was kind of, um, our doctor was like, okay, let's just get to like, let's try to get you to 35 weeks and we'll see what happens. And we get to 35 weeks and she's like, okay, let's see, let's see one more week. Let's see one more week. She's like, let's try to get you to 37 weeks. And then at 37 weeks, I went in on a Monday and she was like, yeah, pack your bags. You need to come back tomorrow. We're going to get this baby out. <laughs> and they did the like inducing and all that stuff. And then we learned that I'm not anatomically correct. Like my birth canal is more like hard left at the light. And so <laughs> we realized I'm not actually a candidate for natural birth. And so we had a C-section, which I had said, I don't care if you have, like my birth plan is to show up and let you do, the, do your thing. Like you're the doctor, yeah. I'm not. And yeah, so the C-section and stuff. And then it was like, I knew it would be a difficult recovery just because you're having a major surgery. And then they mm -hmm. basically had to play Tetris to get my stuff back in because they couldn't, they couldn't get my body back together. Like when I say I'm anatomically incorrect, I am not built properly apparently. And so like that added a little bit extra stuff to my issues. And it took me like 12 weeks to fully not have any pain, like to really fully be physically recovered. Yeah. And you don't get 12 weeks, um, maternity leave oh I know that's another topic another day too maternity leave in the United oh. States 
or lack yeah. thereof. <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't um, have maternity leave. I had to save up know, um, all that. of my vacation days and sick days so I could have two weeks off. And then I was supposed to return back to work after two weeks when it realized like, there's no way I can go back. I ended up having to do mm-hmm. short-term disability, which thankfully I opted into short-term disability when it was time to you know, re-up the health insurance stuff. Yeah. I, so again, like my first pregnancy was I had morning sickness from, you know, first trimester in, into the second, but it was like morning sickness. And by the late afternoon and evening and night, I was fine. So, and it was like nausea some once in a while throwing up, not all the time. Um, but then second trimester, I was fine. Third trimester, I was fine until like probably, you know, the last month maybe. Um, and then I healed fine, like six weeks fine, you know, mm-hmm. um, with Avery, I w- had morning sickness like two weeks, but it was awful. It was like throwing up from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed, I lost weight. Um, and then it was fine. And it was the most easiest pregnancy. Totally fine. I literally healed like I don't know, before six weeks, I felt good. I felt fine. We, I only stayed in the hospital one day, literally mm-hmm. 24 hours. And then they released us and let us go. Um, so it's weird, but yeah, I I, Matt I was, was born on a Thursday and I was discharged Saturday. Like I was only there after having a C-section. Oh, so, and that yeah, was Thursday, C-section. Friday, Saturday. Yeah. And I okay, think that was so because maybe of they COVID. just let us go. No, no, no. I think that oh. was because of COVID. They were trying to like, they didn't want to keep people in if they didn't have to. And I, they saw that I was following all of their protocols. I was getting up, I was walking around, I was eating the amount that I was supposed to eat no more, no less mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. And so I think that they, and they also saw how hands-on Ryan was. And so many people kept making comments, like, it's so weird to see a dad so involved and it made us sad. Like, that's yeah, that not a great sad. statement. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Like we know you're trying to give us our kudos, but like, that's a really sucky statement. But also yeah. they, they saw that I had actual help. And so um, Saturday morning, the pediatrician came in and we're like, can we please go home? Like I've been in here since Tuesday, yeah. you know, all of this stuff. Like, and she was like, you know what? Let me check you out in, a, in an hour. And I think we're going to be able to send you home. And sure enough, they did. You know what I had for my two, uh, for my two daughters. And I don't think they do this anymore. I think they stopped it like after Avery was born, like two weeks after you were home, they're a, like, a, I don't think it was a wellness check, but a nurse would come to your home and check on you, check on everything, really? check on the mom and check on the baby. Maybe that was yeah. just a Cleveland clinic thing. I don't know. I, don't know. But I'm not, I mean, I know all my friends had it for their first kid. I can't remember yeah. if I had it for Avery. I think I did. And then it stopped. They don't like, did it stop because of stop the pandemic? Doing it. Or what? before the pandemic, did it stop because of the pandemic or before? The no, pandemic? it stopped way before the pandemic. Oh, okay. Um, well, they said that they would send a lactation consultant, but I decided like Mac was four days old and I was like, this is not for me. Like I, this, this breastfeeding thing is not for me. So we never had anybody come, but that was an option. Yeah. I don't know. And then here's the been- other thing, like, oh, sorry, I have to interrupt because no, um, regarding postpartum and all of the the focus on the mom and postpartum depression and making sure she's okay and at every woman's wellness check, you know, getting a questionnaire to see if you're okay. Every pediatrician 
appointment, getting the questionnaire to see if you're okay. So that's different. I didn't have that. It wasn't that, it still wasn't that talked about when I had. Oh, okay. Um, well, it yeah. is now. And there's a big focus <laughs> on it, which is great. Absolutely great. And I know it's like the hormones and everything, but there needs to be something for dads or for the non-carrying partner. Because even though you don't have the hormones readjusting, you're going through a big life change. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of feel like my husband had it a little bit, like even more so than I did. I really didn't, I didn't feel it until Mac was about six months old, just in time for everybody to stop checking on me. And yeah. then it lasted a couple of weeks, but I was fine. I'm like, I've been walking in circles while holding Mac as I'm like so out of breath. I'm dripping sweat, but um. <gasps> But it was like, nobody was checking on, on the non-caring spouse. And I was like, this is yeah. a huge life change. Like everybody should, should be made to feel like people care about them. Like mm-hmm. everyone kept asking, you know, how are you? How's the baby? Nobody asked me how Ryan was. People asked Ryan, how's Jay? How's the baby? Nobody asked how he was doing. I never thought of that. Yeah. Well, so like with our miscarriage, like again, nobody cared how Ryan was doing. Like he lost a child. And nobody asked. I asked, was and doing. I asked. You, yeah, I yeah, asked. yeah. You asked. Yeah, you asked. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you asked. Okay. I, okay. I take. I take that back. I'm sorry. A couple people asked, <laughs> but 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 everybody, everybody was reaching out to me or reaching out to him, asking how I was. Like uh, it was yeah. very few people that reached out to him and they're like, "Hey, how are you?" Mm-hmm. Like even some of his own family members, they text me to see how I am, and I was like why don't you call him? Like, let's let, check on him. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, I'm actually, I'm actually okay. And I, that was another issue. Nobody believed that I was okay. Everyone thought I was in denial, but like, I, I wasn't ready to be pregnant. I was scared. Like, <laughs> I kind of felt like, yeah. what is happening? <laughs> you know? Right. I just said that we were going to ha- start trying for a baby and our first try, I got pregnant and it was like, oh, so, and then our eight week ultrasound sorry if I'm getting into the weeds but our eight-week ultrasound we realized like there was some some fluid in the lung area and of course I go home and I google everything and I pretty much came to the conclusion we were going to lose this baby so I grieved that day and then yeah it was oh. two weeks later when we had the ultrasound to find out that there was no heartbeat I had already grieved I, I felt more relieved because okay it's over like you know it was one of those things of like okay, we can go to the next step where Ryan was just experiencing this all for the first time. And again, like nobody seemed to really care. Again, I say nobody, some people care. Nobody cared. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like nobody checks on the non-caring parent. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't, I never like thought it that way. Um, I know like with Avery, so the, my youngest, um, when I, well, okay. So I'm clinically diagnosed with anxiety and OCD to begin with, but, um, it had been like kind of under control, you know, from age like 25. Well, I had L at 27, so I was still (laughs) younger, (laughs) younger. um, (laughs) but, um, uh, at age, I think I was 24. I took myself off of, um, medicine for anxiety and OCD and it was fine for without pregnancy, postpartum, totally everything. When I got pregnant with Avery, my OCD kicked in. So my my anxiety is actually always there. My OCD comes and goes. 
Um, it was very, very triggered. And I think it was because of the hormones. So my OCD was back to where it was when I was a teenager and, and um, early twenties. Um, but I didn't want to take anything. So I just did like talk therapy and like mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing. And she actually, actually got me into breathing treatments and bre- breathing treatments, breathing exercises and that stuff uh, before I even knew about breath work. So that's uh-huh. so funny. Now I like look back. Um, but I still uh, remember you doing yoga when people were like, why are people going to classes where it's just stretching? Or like there weren't even classes. You had to do DVDs. Oh yeah. Videos, VHSs. Prenatal DVD, uh, yoga and um, Pilates. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, then um, after I had her, it got really, really bad. So I was on medicine for like a year. But um, so I don't know if people asked how Jimmy was, but I remember when I, so now switching again to my first pregnancy, um, Jimmy gained more weight than I did the first pregnancy. Like... I just I gained normal weight, I guess. And um, well, you never even he, looked pregnant. You used my closet as your maternity wardrobe. And I remember it was like a week before you were going to give birth. We went and got our nails done. And I was saying how my sister is pregnant. We're getting our nails done before she has the baby. And they were like, which sister? How many, how many siblings do you have? I'm like, it's just us two. Like everybody, because also baby doll dresses were in style. Yeah. Where everybody looked pregnant. Oh. <laughs> and pregnant mm-hmm. people didn't look pregnant. But with Elle, I look back at pictures and you could see like in my face with Elle, my face and my ankles and stuff. I did get swollen and stuff with Avery. I didn't. Yeah. Like I just had a stomach with Avery. I actually gained more weight with Avery, but I looked like whatever, not talking about pregnancy weight. Um, <laughs> so, well, I kind of am for the man. man. <laughs> but well, yeah, he, yeah. He gained so he much weight. Did. So he had like, I don't know, pregnancy cravings are just thinking like, whatever. I remember he would have them at night. Like we'd watch a movie and then he would have a craving for like Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Mm-hmm. So I never well, I think it's like, because think about it. Like you have a stress eating or you have the that's probably it, stress cravings eating. and stuff. Yeah, because again, yeah, stress there's a big stuff. life change coming. And it's right. like becoming a parent for the very first time it's so beautiful. And so like, nobody could prepare me for the amount of love that I'm experiencing. Like mm-hmm. my heart straight up exploded and like walked out of me. And now my heart mm-hmm. just walks around beating like in the real world in the form of my kid. Like yeah. nobody prepares you for that. But it's also like, it's really friggin' scary. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's another thing I was going to say, touch on earlier when we were jumping all over the place on this now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it's like, I sit here and sometimes get like, this is the most important job I have. And half the time I feel like I'm failing and I get stressed out that I'm failing. And I, you know, that's why I read all these books. And then because I'm a nut with like anxiety, I freak out over everything. Um, You know, like I'm scared of them riding their bikes that they're going to get hit by a car. I'm scared when they're walking in a parking lot. And I don't want to um, uh, transfer my anxiety and afraid of every little thing onto them, mm-hmm. you know, and hurt them that way. So it's hard. I mean, yeah, like I'm afraid when they dive into the swimming pool, I'm like, oh my God, they're going to break their neck. Like, yeah, I think this is just a normal, 
yeah, I think it's kind of a normal fear of a parent to have this, but I think because I have anxiety, it's that much worse. Like when we're walking on the sidewalk, I'm like, a car is going to lose control and come into the grass and hit us. Like, that's why Mm -hmm. I don't let them play in the front yard. I'm like, you have Mm -hmm. to play in the backyard because a car can hit you. And they're like, how will a car hit us? And like, it can lose control. (laughs) Yes. Or somebody's texting and not paying attention. No, I totally get it because one of the things with Mac's room, Mac, we, Mac co-sleeps with us. He sleeps in bed with us for many reasons. It's easier for me. I get more sleep (laughs) if he wakes up and when it's not a sleep regression, I can get him back to sleep very quickly without even getting out of bed. And then I can be back to sleep very quickly. He is a snuggle bug and I love these snuggles and he's not always going to want to snuggle with me. You know, he's going to get older. And so I'm cherishing Mm -hmm. these snuggles. But also I have this weird fear that a car is going to come crashing into our house, right? And like where his nursery is, because his his room is in the front of the house. Mm -hmm. And it's like, (laughs) come on, the chances of that actually happening, slim to none. But for yeah. whatever reason, I, and like, we're not on a corner. It's not like a car's going to be coming around a corner. We have a friend who once had a corner house and she did have cars go into her house. Like <laughs> they would a jump the curb. A car into our neighbor's house across the street recently. Do you remember me telling you that? See, like in October? It happens. <laughs> so yeah. Not a, yeah. So it actually happens. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those things. It's not going to happen, but yet I'm terrified of it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Well, you just yeah. justified my fears. So thank you. Sorry. I feel very validated. I feel very validated right now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been a very fun conversation switching gears because I feel like we normally talk about the pop culture kind of stuff and like mm-hmm. um, trends, um, our favorite gadgets kind of thing. So touching more on parenting. I enjoyed this this episode and talk I always enjoy talking to you yeah it came out wrong but (laughs) no I know what you mean yeah I always love getting to talk with you and catch up and and I always feel like whether we're recording or not our conversations are always the same I just put put recording devices on our phones and just record every conversation (laughs) the hodgepodge the hodgepodge I know (laughs) we're just going everywhere hodgepodge smorgasbord a little bit of this a little bit of that there you go well thank you for oh, yeah. joining thank Marina you so Sasha. much for having me no I'm yeah thanks thank for having me thanks for joining us again and um I'm gonna edit this part out because my brain went dead you're good <laughs>